Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi everybody and welcome to the Wild Ginger Running Live broadcast. Today I'm super excited to introduce you to a very important person who has been a massive influence on my life and my career in the hiking, running and outdoors world. So here today is Mrs Wade, my former Duke of Edinburgh's award teacher. Hey Mrs Wade, how are you doing? Hi there, yes, please don't call me Mrs Wade, you can call me <laughs> Anne. I know it's really hard. Uh, to call teachers by their first names but you know I think we've come a long way <laughs> it has been about 20 years since I've been at school yeah. and <laughs> I know <laughs> I have met you several times after school and you did say call me Anne and it's a real struggle so thank you for joining us today um Mrs Anne Wade um <laughs> how are you doing uh, have you already been for a run today what have you been up to okay um I haven't yet been for a run today I did um I did 50 miles 51 miles on Saturday um, so I but I however I did do 20 miles yesterday and about 15 miles on Monday oh, um, wow. so I'm just doing a short outing today and I'll be back out tomorrow uh, doing a, a longer one as well so I kind of I run or walk every day wow that's yeah. brilliant brilliant okay well that's fantastic you're putting us all to shame here <laughs> but oh, you I'm are retired. I'm retired. yeah you are retired I was just gonna yeah. say <laughs> so I'm very jealous I can't wait um but this is fantastic um I, so my patrons who are the loyal supporters of the channel who get perks and win prizes um click here to sign up if anyone's interested they're really excited about you coming on um because you're my former teacher I would yeah. say old teacher but that could be misconstrued um I don't think you're old at all well um, but former, yeah. <laughs> former teacher. Um, so yeah. we've got some really nice comments about you coming on. So first of all, Cat Elizabeth says, how awesome. Andrea says, um, this, um, fingers crossed I'll be able to watch live. This will be really fascinating. Um, and Stephen is after some stories um, about me from school. So I'm just, I'm just hoping you haven't remembered any of the really embarrassing ones. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, you want those now? <laughs> oh no! Um, yeah, no, no. I, I remember. Um, 
Oh God! <laughs> well, no, there's a few things. I guess you know the Tour de Trigs is a big thing, obviously. What, when I followed you. <laughs> that's well. That was that's the 50 mile hike in the depths of winter, going through Oxfordshire, Northamptonshire, and Warwickshire, and you have to in do it mud. in teams of three. And what I remember particularly about that is that we had a a teachers team. Mm-hmm. Um, me, Mr. Milton and Mr. McDermott, if you remember, and your team, it was you and... Pierre, no, Sonny and Dave was Sunny my Dave. team. That's yeah, right, and yeah. then there was Richard, Drew and Pierre, but yes. Drew dropped out. That's right, yeah, so so you were, you were a team. And obviously on that event, you have like staggered start time. So you started being young um, and vibrant. You started first or earlier on and we started later. Inevitably, we, we did actually catch you up at one time. But the whole point about this event is that most of it is in the dark because it, you know, in, in December, it gets dark at four o'clock and you're only starting at 11 or so. So you only effectively have five hours of daylight. Um, and the big thing is the navigation, and you, you don't know the route until half an hour before, and you have to sit and plot it all on the map. And Back in the day. Route. That's so stressful. That's <laughs> the most stressful part of the event, for me, plotting the route and getting it done in the time. And, um, yeah, so you're, so you're navigating with your map and compass, old-fashioned. And um, anyway, so you set off, and then, and then we set off. We caught you up. And um, I think you basically followed us then for the for the rest of the route, which was, yeah. which was great. Um, but the upshot of it was that we won the over eighteen schools trophy, and you won the under eighteen schools trophy. Yay! Yay! So the so the organizer of the event actually came to school and did an assembly um, and presented us with our trophies at school, which was great because um, you know it's a, it was a big accolade for the school, and we we did have teams going in for the Tour de Trigs, you know, right up until fairly recently. So um, that, that, is, that is really good. The association that we had with, with the event was, uh, was really good. Um, the other thing I remember about you was doing the Coast to Coast, Wayne Wright's Coast to Coast. So Uh-oh. To <laughs> and um, you were doing it for your silver, <laughs> D&D, and, um, You were all very kind of young and naive. <laughs> Um, still am uh, <laughs> not young still late. We, we backpacked it in in two weeks and there were lots of ups and downs and trials and tribulations but yeah it was a uh, it was good fun and then of course your trip to Bolivia yeah. um, in 2000 which was um, uh, yeah I think that must have been your gold I guess yeah uh, we did our gold expedition yes. partly yeah. on there and partly in probably Wales or somewhere yeah well you'd have done a practice yeah and it, that was your assessment and um yeah so you did you did that with our on our expedition to Bolivia so um yeah. that's kind of mostly the things I remember to be honest yeah. just Do you the not... story things I, I don't... no you didn't actually teach actually me biology in the classroom no, no that's right I just did you the outdoor education stuff yeah um yeah and so brilliant you were biology teacher but you also took on more and more of the DV type responsibilities didn't That's you right. towards the, um, as you got involved more and more in the school um, yes. 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 So, I, so I taught biology and outdoor education and then in the end I, I did you know 90% outdoor education and uh, so I did lots of stuff with the younger kids as well as the older ones and lots yeah. and lots of expeditions lots of um, yeah, I did a trip expedition abroad every year and um, summer backpacking challenges every year. And I, I don't know, we did about, I did about 26 
expedition trips every year so that's quite a lot really as well as all my own stuff because obviously yeah. I do all this stuff anyway uh, for myself so yeah. I was, you're just living in a tent or a camper van <laughs> the whole time all the time yeah spent more nights sleeping in that than in my own bed and I certainly drove school minibuses way more than I ever did a car <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're always dragging around a load of teenagers in tow <laughs> Yes, yeah. It's a it's a way of it was a way of life, uh, not a job. Um, yeah, it just uh, you know, consumed me totally. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to say a big and thank it's a nice you. Time, so, like, so I don't have to do anything with kids anymore. I just yeah. well, apart from my grandchildren, because I've got grandchildren <laughs> now. So I do lots of stuff with them. I was camping last week in the Cotswolds. Oh, uh, grandchildren. Um, so I'm still doing it, but they're yeah. my own family rather than other people's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, a little bit nicer and hopefully less smelly and, and moody. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I do want to say a big thank you because obviously you've been a massive influence on my life and I, I kind of put you and, and Mr Milton and, you know, all those other mad teachers, you know, the, the non-sports teachers, but that just used to do the challenge walk, like Dr Lockyer, yeah. um, uh, Mr Holland, Mr Howard, um, yeah, lots of... Uh, lots of mad teachers. I just remember Dr. Lockyer going on about Skylarks a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you've been really important in my life. I, Thank I, you. You were quite enthusiastic about the school's annual challenge walk, weren't you? Um, it was that one that was either 35 miles in a day or 50 miles over two days. Um, I'm sure I did a challenge yes, walk with you yes. at one point. Um, yeah, yes, I'm sure you did because I did all of them. And then when I, when Dr. Lockyer left and I sort of was doing all the challenge walks myself, I actually used to do kind of three a year. Oh, uh, wow. So I do a kind of an autumn, winter and spring one. Um, yeah. And they were all kind of 20, 25 mile type challenges. And some some of them were kind of standard things like the Arden Way um, yeah. or I would just make them up. <laughs> this way <Yeah. laughs> we're going that, that way <laughs> if you go ahead of me you've gone the wrong way come back <laughs> yeah no, no. I mean I'd obviously plan the route and everything in advance and do maps and all that but we did we did loads like you know the three peaks up in Yorkshire uh, South Wales three peaks um, I did one called the uh, Wenlock Winter Wonderland oh brilliant just <laughs> all around Wenlock Edge and um, yeah loads yeah so, Oh, that's fantastic! I just, I just remember the the first one that we did was we were in year eight, so we were twelve. Me, Richard, Jane, and Sally, and we did the fifty miles over two days. I think that was yeah. before you were at the school, and yes. all the year that, ten. That was that was across Wales. I did, yeah, I did do yeah, that one. Yeah, but just not that Wales. first year. Yeah. Oh, and Doctor and Mr Street yeah. as well. We used to do the bacon butties yes. in in the van, and Mr Skirmer used to come as well. Um, so yeah, fifty miles over two days, and um, I remember all the year tens and elevens thought that we wouldn't be able to do it because we were only twelve, and they were like. I don't know, 16, 17, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we did it, and it was just uh, one of the best achievements of my life, I think, um, yeah. yeah, and then you came on board with that, and then we did the Tour de Triggs, which was 50 miles, so you were sort of doing ultras before ultras was even a big thing, which we'll kind of talk about in a bit, um, yeah. and I just remember the um, the amazing Wainwrights Coast to Coast, we were camping and hiking, so we had huge backpacks on, and I just remember, don't you remember at Grisdale Tarn, me and Alex's tent flooded? Yes, I do, and you yeah. came to my tent, and you said, 
how I've been with you? And I said, no, because I already had my daughter with me and she was only 12. Um, and, and I just said, no, you'll just have to get in with somebody else. Sorry. Yeah. So then I had to go with Richard and Dave, smelly boys. <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> I do know. I do know my, all of I still keep in touch with Richard and Alex and Dave and Phil. Um, yeah. Uh, Pierre. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know where he is now, but yeah, we've still kept in touch. It's a, yeah. it's a good bond, isn't it, going to the, into the outdoors? Yes, um, it is. Yes, I, I remember you at Shap. Uh, we'd been we'd had fish and chips in the cafe there, and we went to the campsite. And yes, and you and Richard got into a survival bag together. <laughs> oh God! And I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure what you were doing, but you were having quite a nice time. We've, we're <laughs> both we're both married to different people now, so. Yes, <laughs> I'll maybe delete that bit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there was a survival bag incident, I'm sure. I can't remember it now. <laughs> I really hope he doesn't There's nothing on toward. <laughs> no, we were only little. Um, but anyway, the I remember mostly, I remember the assembly, um, when they announced that you had walked 100 miles all in one go. And uh, my mind was just blown. I just was couldn't even compute how people could walk that far. Um, it was just like a driving distance, isn't it? So you were doing ultras before. Ultras was a big thing. I know there's tons of 100 milers now and you're organising one at the moment, the Elephant, Bear and Bull 100 from Birmingham. So we'll talk about that in a bit too. Um, but yeah, I'm. it's great to have you on the show because um, yeah, I'd just like to wind it right back and ask you how you got into running in your formative years. I'm not sure that I ever asked you this question. Um, no, you probably, but, you probably didn't. Yeah. I, mean, I've, I would say that I've walked and camped all my life. You know, yeah. I've always been an outdoorsy person and I grew up, um, you know, walking and camping with my family, obviously, uh, throughout my entire life. And then um, as a teacher, well, you, you kind of as you go through life and you get married and you have a full-time job and you have children, you don't really have a lot of time to do much, but we've always had a dog. So I've always had to walk the dog. So that's always been the case. But then um, I think it was, um, I'm trying to think, 1993 was when I really sort of got into the long distance walking. And I did my first Tour de Triggs in the winter of 1993. And I did my first LDW 800, which was the Dartmoor 100, in 1994. Oh, um, right. So that was the so that was the first 100, and that I was the tender age of 34 uh, at oh, that wow. time. So, and it was quite unusual because LDWA, you know, it has a bit of a reputation as being an old person's association, and um, it is to a certain extent. But there, there are an awful lot more younger people involved with it now and but certainly at the time you know the 34 year old doing 100 I, I was kind of one of the youngest um yeah. taking part but I successfully uh, completed that yeah during uh, the 90s it was like yeah, a time the time of one hours or something but oh um, wow I, I did it yeah so I've kind of done hundreds um sporadically since since then and um I've actually done I've done 18 in total now oh um, wow but um and then, yeah, so I, so I was basically a long distance walker, I would say. Yeah. And then came foot and mouth in 2001 and access to the countryside was closed. And so I thought, you know, well, you know, what, what can you do? If, if, what can I do if I can't go into the countryside? I definitely don't. I'm not a, 
a gym bunny or anything like that. I, I don't do any exercise indoors. It's just not for me. I couldn't, I can't stand it. Um, so I have to be outside and I have to be in the countryside on footpaths and bridleways and everywhere else. So thought, well, what can I do? So I, so I took up orienteering big time. Mm. Uh, in 2001 because orienteering we could still do in the city parks along canals you know there were sort of pockets of places local woods where you can still orienteer so I joined Octavian Drubas the oh yes the Coventry club, orienteering club right, yeah and um, I really got into orienteering and of course orienteering involves cunning running yeah so, so I had to run because <laughs> um, you know if, if to get around all the controls in the sort of time available and all that you you have to sort of run it so I I kind of started running in effect. I mean, I have done, I used to do cross country running at school and I always had to do the 1500 meters because nobody else would. <gasps> That's the same uh, as me. Yeah, You're like I the same person. Sort of thing. So <laughs> I have, you know, I have done cross country running and all that, you know, prior to that. But anyway, I think, um, so so I, my kind of running took off then. So I thought, well, if, if I'm running around parks and woods and, and all that, when the countryside opened up again after foot and mouth, I thought, well, I'll I'll try running some of the LDWA events. Yeah. And, um, so I did, and and I, I kind of started. You know, I, I was kind of quite pleased if I could run or jog half of it, and and then walk the rest or whatever. And I just gradually built up to sort of marathon distance because obviously, you know, the name implies long distance walkers association. It's all long distances, which are ma mainly marathons, plus ultras and stuff. And um, so, so I, yeah, I kind of got to the point where I could actually run a full marathon. Um, well, they're obviously all trail marathons because that's that's what they are. And uh, and and the kind of and it really took off. So I was kind of in my early forties, I suppose, when I started actually running. Um, yeah. And at that time, so it was early two thousands. Um, at that time, there weren't many females doing these things, and you know, certainly not older people, because obviously even over 40, you're classed as a veteran, <laughs> which is quite scary, really, especially as I was really just starting. Um, but I started doing pretty well, really, um, and actually winning quite a lot of races. Um, cause I, and, I, and I did start doing some races as well as the LDWA events. Cool. Um, so I, I won, um, kind of, I don't want to kind of blow my own trumpet or anything. <laughs> oh, but, no, do. Um, we love this. It's very inspiring. I, yeah, well, I, I won the High Peak 40. Wow. Um, in seven hours and 25 minutes. Um, I got the record for a Coventry Way, 40 miles. Ah, uh, do you still hours. hold that? Yeah, no, I don't. No, no, I did it in six hours 50. Um, but, uh, no, somebody else has, has beat me on that now. Um and then round Rotherham, which is 50 miles. I did that in eight hours, 25, and won that. Wow. Um, and I kind of won, I won the trail running championship um, a couple of years running. Oh, fantastic. Um, I didn't so, know any yeah, of this. This is amazing. Um, so I have, you know, so, but it's only because I'm female and old, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no one else there. <laughs> I mean, you were saying you, you went for the Manx Mountain Marathon over the weekend. I mean, the, the first time we did that. I was actually third placed veteran female. Brilliant. Um, and I got a little cup and stuff. So oh. I do. I do have quite a good trophy cabinet oh. um, of all the of all the stuff. So it kind of between the ages of the kind of forty and fifty, I would say I was I was doing really really well. 
Um, also on um, multi-day events abroad, uh, mm. we did the Marathon des Sables in 2006, um, which was the first one, and that was before it became London Marathon in the Desert, and yeah. <laughs> uh, and ridiculously expensive and all that. We did it when it was few people and not too expensive. Yeah. Um, but in um, and we kind of did a multi-day event abroad every year after that. So we we oh. did one called the uh, La, La Transac in, in France, and that was uh, I did we did that for three years. Um, and actually in uh, 2010, when I was 50, actually on my 50th birthday, um, I crossed the finishing line on that one, and I was first female. Ah, on, amazing! On so I actually, so I actually won it, if you like. I won the the women's. That's amazing. Right. So yes, and um, that you know that was quite an accolade, really. Um, yeah. I've never I've never done as well on anything since then. That's that was my kind of. That's the peak. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. highlight of your it's, running career. At the age of fifty, it's kind of gone a bit downhill, you know, with the <laughs> menopause and all that. You know, I. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, the menopause does affect you quite a lot. Oh, um, it slows you down. And, Can't wait uh, so yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit rubbish, really. But uh, yeah. you just have to accept it, I guess. Yeah, but um, then yeah. Fif- fifty, you know, you've got you just a long to... time till the next age category, haven't you? You've got quite, it's quite a long yeah. period till that next yeah. age category. Um, yeah. So now you're in your early sixties, you must yeah. be cleaning up again. Uh, well, um, probably not. I'm just kind of maintaining, you know, I, I used to do an average of 10k an hour, I would say, on, on all the multi-days. I mean, that's carrying all your stuff, you know, wow. as well. It's not uh, not just running free. Um, and yeah. uh, and then it's kind of gone down and down and down. <laughs> and <laughs> now, now I probably average something between 6 and 8k an hour, um, which isn't brilliant. And it's really... Overall, it's probably like a fast walking pace, but I sort of, I walk a bit and jog a bit and, you know, just keep going really. I think yeah. that's the important thing and, and try not to get injured. I mean, I've been really, really lucky um, not to have any major injuries. You, you get aches and pains, but then if you're going to do stupid things like, you know, try and run 50 miles, then obviously you get aches and pains. Um, yeah. but, but the more you do it, you recover. Yeah, um, yeah, just you know, the, keep the first, doing it. The first 50 mile I did, I could hardly walk for a week. Yeah. Um, but now I did on Saturday and I was out again on Monday, no trouble at all, you know. Yeah. So, so that's it. So, so that's a kind of potted, potted history, really. Potted history. Wow, yeah. I, I didn't know you were so decorated. I'll have to come and have a look at the trophy yes. cabinet. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's quite, quite interesting, really. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just used to do well, but I not, not anymore. I I don't do any races now. I just do LDWA events because they're very relaxing. You at the start, you have your cup of tea. You put your cup of tea down and you sort of amble <laughs> out of the door of the hall, and then you have and they're basically a walking or running buffet. Yeah, and, and you just, that sounds you just, great. Yeah, you just you just enjoy it, and you have a. I, I just want a nice day out. Um, yeah. So the, so the fifty-one mile that I did on. Saturday was in the Yorkshire Wolves and it took me 13 hours but hey so yeah. what I had a really nice time and I managed to do it uh, I didn't actually need my head torch which was amazing I finished yeah. just um, as it was getting dark so oh, that for me sunset. that was quite a big achievement I was quite I was quite keen to finish before it got dark so you know you have you have your agenda changes as you get older yeah but you definitely. can still enjoy just as much 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, d- I don't think that I'm any faster than you aged 40. So I think you're doing amazingly still. <laughs> um, um, so, um, so you've talked about your first one. That was the one, the Dartmoor one from the school assembly. Yes. And yes. you've done about 18 now. And you're about to do the Elephant, Bear and Bull, um, the Marshalls event. That's this yes. weekend, isn't it? So That's tell, next weekend, yes. Yeah, so tell us a bit more about the event. Because I was really excited when I found out about this because it's like the only LWDA event that is so long around the we- around the Midlands. Is it the first 100 yeah. around the West Midlands? It is, yeah, yes. I mean, the, the beauty of the LDWA hundreds is that they're in a different part of the country every year. Yeah. So you can never get bored of them, mm-hmm. you know, because lots of events, they're 100 mile events, but they're just the same every, every year. Every time, yeah. Um, so, so the beauty of these ones are somewhere different every year, and um, which, which is lovely because it means you can do it as part of a holiday. And lots of people sort of hire cottages and things and they spend the whole week in the area and you get you really get to know a part of the country ever so well yeah um so yeah so the one this year it's the first time it's been in the west midlands and i'm very much involved because i'm route organizer um what i didn't say before is that i i used to do very well in events mainly because i can navigate uh-huh. and you know you'd see kind of other runners going off in all different directions like starting stags uh well the gp there weren't any gps's at the time so you have to use map and compass and so on and so i used to do pretty well simply because i could navigate hence on the tour de triggs and so on but um yeah we we actually won that outright um a few times as well yeah yeah well i remember thinking on that race i was like if i don't stick with mrs wade i'm not going to finish this because i cannot navigate quickly (laughs) enough and well enough so i just was like sunny eat this bread eat this bread and i was like come on dave and sunny we've got to stick with mrs wade we can't have a rest here we won't finish and so yeah you were the reason and you were the navigation and i I hold my hands up completely that trophy was not that was not ours to win that was yours (laughs) that under 70 trophy was anyway, also yours. But, um, yeah, so to get back to Elephant and Bull 100, um, yes, as, as route organiser, I've basically done the route and written a route, des- uh, a narrative route description um, and obviously done all the GPX files and everything else. And um, the the reason it's called the Elephant, Bear and Bull is because Elephant is Coventry, Bear is Warwickshire, Bull is Birmingham, and our logo is in the shape of a pear. Um, so, which is Worcestershire. So, in case Worcestershire I pair. Um, yeah, it's a pair. So it looks like looks like that's that's the logo. Ah, yeah. cool. Oh, it's um, a pair. So, yeah. So it's really it's so the pair is Worcestershire, as I said. Uh, Bear, Warwickshire, Elephant, Coventry, and Bull, Birmingham. So it's and th- it's a very kind of historical route. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we don't have mountains or moorlands in the West Midlands. Uh, we do have plenty of mud. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's been really, really bad of late. Yeah, it sticks yeah, to the side it's... of your foot, doesn't it? And it gives you a high heel platform. Well, yeah. But worse than that, it's just been a swamp. You know, all the fields have been like paddy fields, and you're just stodging around in the fields. But anyway, um, so yeah, we've got a lot of you know medieval history and all that. And we actually go. We the, the route starts and finishes in Moseley at Moseley Rugby oh, uh, Club, yeah. um, and then it goes out uh, via the Waisley Hills, Licky Hills, and then oh, lovely. Then through uh, sort of Alvechurch, Tanworth in Arden, Henley in Arden, uh, Aston Cantlow, Stratford, um, Norton Lindsay, Warwick, 
Kenilworth, Coventry, Meriden, Centre of England, um, where we go, Barston, Slickhole, um, back, you know, then back through Birmingham to to Moseley. So it's a obviously a huge wiggly circular route. Um, you know, if anybody's interested, they can look at the website. The entries are still open. If you've got a 50 mile qualifier. You can still enter it. <laughs> oh, I, you're making me want to do it. I know that yeah, I'm not capable of it right now, but really I just really and, want to I do mean, it. It's a, it's a very it's a very varied route, obviously. I mean, and it's as much off road as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there are, but there are quite a few hard surfaces. So there's a lot of cycleways, canal towpath. It's not all canals. Lots of people think it's all just going to be flat and canals, yeah. but it isn't. Oh, well, the Nicky um, Hills is not flat. <laughs> No, exactly, and it's, uh, it's the, overall there's about 15 miles of canals, but it's broken up. It's not yeah. full of well, it's l- little bits of canals, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so it's just footpaths, bridleways, tracks, um, cycleways, and all that all around the West Midlands. Um, we've had some fun and games with HS2, oh, yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> all the, all those sorts of things. So, and even today, we've got 10 days to go till the marshals event and you know there's a couple of construction sites which have appeared you oh, know no. blocking, blocking a couple of paths so uh, it's just you know it's just never ending really and yeah. you just find ways around it and yeah. stuff. it's all it's all it's all fun and um yeah how easy is it to navigate around. is it is it will it be quite easy to navigate on the day or will there will you have to sort of take the map and be like oh or will it be a little bit way marked um, no, no, the route is not waymarked at all. Um, so you yeah. have to use my very, very accurate and detailed route description. <laughs> um, and and I've also obviously there's a GPS file, so people will download that onto their GPSs, and lots of people will just use their GPSs to to navigate round. Um, I don't actually have a GPS. I'm kind of one of the few people. I'm still I'm still a map and compass girl. Yeah, and, um, I have this big thing, but I don't know how to use the navigation <laughs> function on it. I need to learn how to do that before I do an 100 miler. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I am. Yeah, I I I use this map and compass for the Isle of Man um, and I went wrong a couple of times but not because I can't map read but because I didn't realise that I had to um, I was like oh, I know the way and then I was like oh no there are no stub marks here I'm going the wrong way so I had to get the map out and have a look and go back <laughs> yeah 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 that's that happens but um, GPS is a kind of revolutionised navigation mm. really and I mean even on L- the LDWA events I would say Oh, at least half, if not three quarters, of people. Um, even even the even the old blokes in boots, you know, they all they all have GPSs, and you see them walking around with them. But I'm just not a fan of them because I like a bigger picture. Uh, yeah. And and I like to study routes, and I'm a bit of a map mm. geek. I, I love reading yeah. maps, and I can Got just a read a map like a book. So, yeah. Yeah, I can see in the background. But, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a so map of it's, my local area I just, there. I just, and, and I, I generally, um, for events that I do, I kind of look at the route description, I look at the maps, and I study them very, very carefully and mm-hmm. make notes and and all that. So um, it's just it's just part and parcel of doing the event, really. I, I like to know where I am at all times and where I'm going. The problem with the GPS is, is that people have no idea where they are. Yeah, it's like sat-nav, isn't it? You know, the hills, and, you and just... if the batteries run out or something happens, they're, they're completely lost. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes I've even seen people going in the opposite direction because the <laughs> GPS is telling them to go in the opposite direction. <laughs> or they're following it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, they kind of go wrong and then they pick it up again 
incorrectly and start going back and it's it's quite hilarious <laughs> you could just point at you then with your compass hand that way <laughs> so you've got the marshall's event on yes. saturday next, um, next, through... next saturday yes i'm i'm kind it's, of i'm this a weekend bit nervous or about it the 29th is that yes the 29th of april oh uh, okay i'll be so setting off at say... 10 o'clock yeah, oh, you, I was just going to say, you've just done a 50 miler this weekend, just gone, and yes. then I was thinking, oh, that's yes. a bit soon. Um, but yeah, so it's in two weekends' time. So yeah. um, what has your training looked like for this 100 miler? Um, well, I, I never really train for anything as yeah. such, um, because I'm doing it all the time. You know, yeah. I, do it, I do at least a 20 miler every weekend, mm -hmm. um, and, off, and obviously sometimes ultras, you know, in, instead of a 20 mile I do, but as I say, it's at least a 20 mile every weekend. And yeah. then I do, you know, in the week, I'm kind of doing between 10 and 15 pretty much every day. Miles. Um, or, or, or sometimes I just do a, if I haven't got much time, I'll just do five miles. I don't kind of, I don't, I don't have a program or a plan or anything like, thing like that. I just keep going yeah. and, and doing stuff. I mean, it's, it's like the, the 50 miler on Saturday. I just wanted to do it because it was in Yorkshire Wolds, and I don't know the area, that area of the country very well, and I'd never done that event before. Yeah. And people were saying, well, why are you doing that like two weeks before the hundred? And I'm like, well, nothing that we do is very sensible. <laughs> it just <doesn't> looks <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> so, 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 it, so it doesn't really matter. And, and because I'm kind of experienced and used to doing it, then I recover very quickly, and mm -hmm. it'll be fine. You know. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not racing, you know. I'm not. I'm not running yeah. badly or anything like that. I'm just. I'm. You know. I'm walking a lot. I'm jogging. Um, so I'm not kind of taking it out of my body as much as I would yeah. be as if I was running flat out or, or racing madly. And so the training and the the running in the events is is the training your training run like that's 20 miles. Is it a combination of running and hiking, or do you try to run all of your training? Well, the, uh, the not training. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Well, I, I generally walk up hills because um, I, I I like hilly routes because mm. hilly routes are a rest. Yeah. Because you get a rest walking up the hill, and then you can just kind of, um, you know, go jog along the flat, and then you can run down, and that's a rest as well. So, mm. um, hilly routes are actually really really good. I find flat continuous running m much much harder than anything else um so and obviously in the latter stages of something like the hundred uh, I, I use poles i would always advocate using poles massively yeah. and i march with poles because i can i can keep up a much faster pace marching with poles than i can trying to shuffle along all bent over and i don't yeah. think it's very good for me shuffling along all bent over i think it's much better for your body and your posture and everything else because the thing about poles is that mm. it keeps they keep you upright yeah open your um, lungs up, and it open up your chest and you mm. can and you can also get a much bigger range of movement mm -hmm. uh, with your hips and and your legs um, so you can take much bigger strides and you're not all kind of closed in and, and shuffling along and getting hamstring damage from your legs being bent all the time um, so I think you know marching fast with poles is is actually much better for you than trying to jog all the time. And 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 to be honest, I think I can actually go faster <laughs> marching yeah. with poles than I can shuffling along trying to run. It's it's yeah. silly. 
yeah and also downhill like does it yes. help you with the knees a little bit and the joints um, yeah i would say poles are um so apart from the kind of pole marching fast and good for your posture and good for your range of movement especially when you get to my age and stuff like that you want to keep your range of movement as much as possible um apart from that i would say they obviously help going up because you can um press into the ground and you know use your arms to pull yourself up um, they're absolutely brilliant for um, going down as well, particularly if it's a technical downhill, because mm -hmm. uh, you can kind of lean on them and uh, it saves a lot of, I think, it, I read somewhere it's like 80% of your weight or something like that, you know, so you're not, you're not putting as much pressure on your joints. And one of the main things is balance. Mm -hmm. If you get going across streams, doing river crossings or anything like that, or even just a big muddy patch, mm -hmm. um, they stop you sliding around. And um, so they're really, really good for balance. And, you know, that's that's one of the things you know, that's quite important for me. And uh, you can just kind of sail through a huge muddy patch rather than skating across. And, yeah. and, and that, that kind of uses up extra energy in your legs as well. Yeah. Saves yeah. you a lot of energy from stabilizing yourself yes, all the time, yes. doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. are you still using the pole, my uh, my dead pole from the from the race I that am. we did together? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, I saw yes, on the yes, picture on the I thumbnail, you've got one, you've got odd poles, haven't you? You've got my old pole. Yes. Did you break a pole and I broke a pole? And I was like, here, you just have my pole because you well, were think, yeah, continuing on days like that. that I wasn't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I broke a pole trapping it in between a couple of rocks yeah um and then I think you also broke one and anyway you gave me a, your pole which I was very grateful for and I'm still <laughs> using it so I do have oh, odd good. poles but it doesn't matter because a pole no. is a pole is a pole yeah um, and it's a really lightweight one as well it's a really good yes, one they're very, yeah. they're very lightweight yeah so you, I mean I, if I'm backpacking as in yeah. carrying a backpack with my tent and everything yeah. else in it then I do have some heavier weight poles that I yeah. use um, but for all these events and things, I just use my yeah. uh, lightweight ones, and, and I, I wouldn't be without them at yeah. all. Yeah, uh, they, um, they're the one that I gave to you. That's a mountain king one. Was your other one? Was that a mountain king as well? Because they do the lightest ever poles. Yeah, probably or trail, not trailblaze. Uh, yeah, mountain king trailblaze. Yeah, one, yeah, something one of maybe I've got one, one of, of these. I don't know, but but I also use them even on some of my. Um, you know, middle of the week runs. You know, uh, because I, I like the I like the extra arm workout. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as as a, as a runner walker, I, I don't do much with my arms. Yeah. And my husband's always telling me I get noodle arms. So I, <laughs> so, so I use the poles to, to give me extra arm workout as well. Ah, so you know, yeah. So it's just so I, so it's good for me. You know. Yeah. Um, to, to use yeah. them. Keeps you out of mischief. Um, do, what about the map reading? Like, how do you juggle the map when holding the poles? Because I've found that a bit tricky in the past. Yes, um, it depends what I'm doing. I mean, something like um, if if I'm doing a long event like the hundred, I always try. I always recce it mm -hmm. first. Okay. And I'll talk about that maybe in in a bit. But um, yes, but I, I kind of tuck the map down in, into my waist belt and mm -hmm. um, I look at it and think, right, okay, I'm you know going three fields, hedge on left, off you go. And I'd just yeah. march along and then look at it again as and, as and when. Um, but, uh, so you sort of yes. memorise a part of it, memorise it as much as you can yes. and then look again. Yes. Yeah, map yes. memory. Yes. So yeah. I've, got, I've got quite a good map memory. Uh, yeah. So I do, I do remember. And I can, I can look at the map and look at the shape 
of the route that I've plotted on and then just do the shape of the route. And if I know I'm following a footpath for, I don't know, a couple of kilometres or whatever it is, and there's, there are no other footpaths, there are no other footpath junctions or something, I just look for the way markers, um, footpath way markers or whatever. You know, you kind of get you get used to it and you, you get good at, you, you know what to expect, really. Yeah. When yeah. you look at a map and you can see whether you're going uphill, downhill, what side of the head you should be, you know, all those things. Yeah, do, you just get practiced at it. Yeah, 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 that's it. So, but um, yeah, sometimes it does get a bit of a juggle, especially if I'm trying to eat as well. <laughs> yeah, you sort of need like a little cup on the end of the pole. Just to be like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just having a bit of bother at the moment because I'm trying to, I want to do my next event with poles. I'm just trying to work out how to put my GoPro on the pole so that I'm not like constantly having to like put two poles in one hand and then put a selfie stick with a gopro here because yeah, yeah. i've done that before on trading and it's just really really faffy and takes a lot of energy so i'm trying to work out how to get my gopro to just sit on the top of the pole nobody's made an attachment for that it just seems barmy so niche market yeah yeah very niche market just just one person at the moment it, it seems yeah. like <laughs> there's some youtube videos I'm, I'm checking it out it's one of my patrons um she does 3d printing and designing so she might make oh. me a, a like a little gadget or something so that's quite exciting wow. yeah but, but yeah i mean the, the poles are most you know that they're most useful when you when you know your route. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. on a route that you don't or know. Or waymarked one. It is, it is a bit annoying. But if you've, if you've learned your route or you know your route anyway, then, you know, you don't have to worry about it. You can just march along. Yeah. Or if it's a waymarked one, um, like one of these um, kind of newfangled 100-miler events that we do these days, they're sometimes waymarked, aren't they? So that could be... That's yeah, that's you could use it on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so we've talked about your training in terms of like what you put your body through week after week. Yeah. But to do a hundred miles, it's just it just seems to me the more I look into it, the more there is apart from getting your body in the right condition. So you've got like you've got to look at the well on on races, you've got to look at things like the cutoffs and and will you meet those? And then you've got gear fuel um we've mentioned navigation you've also mentioned wrecking um yeah, yeah it um, really is a real like a bit of a cottage industry isn't it doing one of these 100 milers you've really got to get your head inside yes, them um, well that's it and I, I would say i mean it's probably 90 percent of it is mental anyway um you know you've just got to have the grit you know after 30 miles the pain doesn't get any worse it just carries on yeah um so i, I would say that the main thing for preparation is time on your feet you need you need to do a lot of mileage um, over months, I would say, rather than weeks. But you know, very you low intensity. Yes, yes, yeah. very low intensity. Time on your feet. You know, like I said, I I I spend a lot of time on my feet anyway, so I don't have to do any special training. But you do have to condition your legs and your feet for that time on your feet, um, so that you don't get injured and you don't get foot problems and stuff like that. Uh, so time on the feet is really, really important. Um, what else have I got on my list? Soft feet, yes. Lots of people think they have to kind of bathe their feet in surgical spirit and get them all hard. Well, that's absolute rubbish. Uh, yeah. I would not condone that at all because basically the blisters just form under the hard skin and you can't get through it to pop them and it's just an absolute nightmare. Mm -hmm. So I would keep your feet as soft as possible. So, you know, put put body lotion on your feet and rub it in your feet every day or after you've had your shower and keep your feet soft mm -hmm. um, because then you will be less likely to have foot problems and you know keep your nails short and things like that I mean my my nails are disgusting um, <sighs> you know I've got real runners nails <laughs> I mean but but 
as a result of lots of mistakes, like having shoes that are too small, um, shoes that are too tight, and all those sorts of things. I and you know having sort of blisters under the toenails in in the past, and you know losing toenails and all those sorts of things. But you know you you do learn. <laughs> over the years and I, I get I don't get any blisters now at all I get ah. no foot problems at all but um, amazing so I'll tell you how to prepare your feet before the event in a minute but um, yeah so the preparation time on the feet keep your feet nice and soft and and as much as possible wrecking um, wrecking a route uh, makes more difference than you could possibly imagine yeah uh, for a start at make for a start you learn the route and yeah. I do anyway, and I, I study the map and the route description intently, and I make lots of notes because I do the recce over five days, something like that. Okay. And each evening after, and I do it, and I do it as a holiday. So obviously, I'm not wrecking this one because I know it like the back of my hand. But <laughs> it's like last last year, it was up in um, it was a Transpair 900, okay. and you know I actually went up there with with Vaughan, and we we had a holiday. So it's a really nice reason to have a holiday. So you do the route over sort of five days or whatever. At the end of each day, I make notes on the route and you know what to look out for and stuff like that and I, I essentially learn the route uh -huh. so that on the day I don't have to even look at a map or the route description or anything I can just march with my poles and get round um, so that's how learning the route is really really important mm. secondly you see all the bits that are going to be in the dark you see them in daylight so yeah. you don't miss out <laughs> on any of the nice scenery because generally I mean, I, I don't know, I wouldn't call the West Midlands beautiful, but most of the, the hundreds are generally in beautiful parts of the country and you get wonderful views and, and all that. And you want to see those views. So, you know, see them in daylight. Um, you get the opportunity to uh, read all the information boards um, yeah. and explore some of, you know, visit them visit the mines or sites of historical interest or whatever so you, you know you can do it as as part of holiday and you you learn about the area you're contributing to the local economy um it's a really good good way of, of doing it um yeah definitely what else I I mean, yeah and it's and it just yeah obviously it means you can march with your poles because you're not having to faff with a map or route description it gives you confidence um mm. You know, you know the route you know you can do it and you've got that route in your head yeah. And and you're not going to be dithering with any of the navigation. You're not going to stand there during the second day at 80 miles thinking, where do I go now? Because yeah. you, you just can't think and you're too tired and all that. So you want to be able to just do it without really having to think. And so you don't dither. You've got confidence that you know the route. Um, and also, I think it's really important, kind of like the night before or the several nights before the 100 event, I kind of... I go through the route in my mind, so mm -hmm. mentally I've done it. I think that's a really good thing um, yeah. to do. So you, you you kind of go through each section of the route, and you go through it in your mind, and you've learned it, and you know where you're going, and and that gives you confidence that you are going to complete it. So I think that's really um, a good tip. Oh, do um, you take photos when you're? Do you take photos of the route when you're doing your recce, so that you yes, can sort of refer yes. back to them all? Yeah. Yes, can yeah. Be, yes, but I, I just, I mean, I take photos just because I'm on holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not because you're like must remember this left hand yeah, turn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're actually on the event, you don't care two hoots about really where you're going or where you are or what you're seeing. You just want to get the event 
done you just want yeah. to do it and you don't want to have to think oh gosh that's a, that's a really nice building over there you, know, <laughs> you, you don't you don't care you know, yeah. when, you're, so, when you're 80 miles in, you're just like, I don't care. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just striding with my poles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, you do, you do get into a kind of a bit of a trance-like zombie mode, and yeah, you just, you're just going. You just go um, for it. So that's so, kind of so, all the, the preparation, really. Yeah. And, and obviously, you've got to be used to eating and drinking as you're going along, yeah. and eating proper food. Um, do not even attempt to have gels or any of those awful things because they you will just be sick. Um, you know, there's a limit to how many of those you can have, and the people that I've known that have tried to have them just can't um, yeah. cope with it. What do you and I've eat? Seen lots of... So I just just eat, eat I just eat normal food. Yeah. You know, and, and because because I do LDWA hundreds, like I said, it's like a walking running buffet. You, you have proper food at every checkpoint and so so kind of d during the event you don't you don't think of the hundred miles as one big thing you, you can't it's mind-blowing so you have to do it in bite-sized chunks mm -hmm. and you just go from checkpoint to checkpoint so yeah even from the start you know okay it's 6.2 check mark 6.2 miles to checkpoint one uh-huh and then when you get to checkpoint one ah uh, it's you know 7.5 miles to the next one so you you do it in bite-sized chunks yeah and at each checkpoint you have to eat and drink you've got to eat early lots of people think oh you know six miles i don't need to eat anything i'll be fine but you need to get your stomach used to having food in it yeah right at the beginning you know just when i just have a policy of eating pretty much as much as I can <laughs> um, at each checkpoint um, but there's also the kind of the balance of you don't want to be in the checkpoint for too long yeah um, I once I once did I can't remember which hundred it was but I did a bit of a, um, a survey thing and I, I calculated the, the time I arrived at the checkpoints and the time I left each checkpoint and I actually worked out that I'd been sitting down for four hours oh wow yeah. <laughs> um, but then you sort of think well if I hadn't been sitting down for four hours, I probably wouldn't have been able to complete it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you do need to be mindful of the time that you're sitting at checkpoints because you can sit there, particularly in the latter stages, and you just tend to sit there and stare into space. <laughs> and, you know, 20 minutes can have gone by very easily. So you do have to be a bit careful. So I, I have a policy of not, not really sit. I don't sit down mm. until the kind of... Um, at a 25 mile stage really and then I'll sit down and have a cup of tea and a meal and whatever else but the, the earlier checkpoints I'll just kind of go in grab as much as I can hold in my hands or I, I have um, like a front pouch uh -huh. uh, which you can see on the photograph um, and I have a bag in there so I can kind of throw food in um, like bits of cake and sandwiches and, <laughs> and, um, and I just eat proper food and uh, as I go along and you often get to the point where you can't eat anything sweet anymore or conversely some people can't eat savoury things anymore everybody's different so you know for me I, I get to the point where I can't eat anything sweet it just makes me want to retch so I then have to just eat cheese and um, savoury things yeah and um, and, and it's so it see sometimes you get to the checkpoints and there's a whole array of food and you're like well what can I actually eat? <laughs> That's why I have a policy of eating as much as I can when I can. The same as 
I will run as much as I can when I can. Yeah. Um, and then walk when I can't, and then you know just eat what I can. You know. Yeah. A bit a bit later on because you your body kind of does funny things to you as you go along. So you just have to kind of play it by ear a bit and not be rigid about it and just do what what you can when you can. Um, so yeah, so going from checkpoint to checkpoint, eating and drinking, yeah, keep yourself hydrated. If you get dehydrated, you won't be in a very good state. Um, I've talked about poles a lot. Uh, yeah, we like poles. <laughs> um, is a, is a, chafing is a massive thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I chafe really badly under my bra strap at the front. Oh, do you? So I've never had it chafe there. Yeah, I, well, I, I've chafed, I chafe there quite a lot and I use um, Sudocrem, so I just plaster myself in Sudocrem. Um, it's a great thing. I discovered it, obviously, when I had my first child as <laughs> nappy cream and I, I've had a big pot of it ever since. And so I, so I chafe and on your back, you've got to be really careful that your rucksack doesn't swing mm -hmm. on your back, um, particularly if you're running um, because you will get really badly chafed on your back and you yeah. get in the shower. Like, oh, <laughs> like mad. Um, so I just plaster my back in pseudocamp and then your nether regions um, mm -hmm. they will get really sore because um, obviously when you're going along and you and you have to pee um, and poo uh, mostly out in the bushes and uh, obviously the, the, the checkpoints do have have toilets but that's often when you don't need to go you know you need to go yeah. when, when you, when you, you, need, you need, to to go, go. need to go yeah especially if you're um, running you're like I need to go now <laughs> and, yeah, and you have to be really, really careful with with the chafing. So, and because the trouble with peeing is that the more dehydrated you get, the more concentrated your urine gets. Mm -hmm. And for ladies, really concentrated urine burns, mm. um, and and it can be really, really sore. Yeah. So, I just plaster those areas with Sudocrem again. Yeah. Um, what before it even starts to happen? Yes. Yes. Right yeah. at the beginning. You know. Okay. And and I also wear I also wear a sanitary towel. Um, I mean, I wear a panty liner anyway when I go out running because I always have to pee when I'm out. Mm. Um, but on the longer ones, I wear a proper, you know, full size. Yes. Really? <laughs> to and, catch and, and any drips, it, is that? Like, for, like after you finish peeing, it's to like catch drips. Yes, yes. So yeah. it's all any drips yeah. and also helps to prevent chafing because the drips aren't staying there. Yeah, um, being absorbed. In, in, your, in your pants and it keep, keeps you, you drier. So have with so with this combination of pseudocrem and pardon? Have you ever tried period pants? I've just done a review of period pants, and it's like instead of having a horrible plasticky sanitary towel, they're just pants with like a thicker sort of lining. They might be a bit warmer, maybe, but oh, right. just it might just be a nicer experience. Yeah. Well, I haven't I haven't tried them, but having said that, I would change the sanitary towel. Oh, you know, okay. Like yeah, you would have to change the pants as much. And you don't yeah. be wanting to change the whole lot. So yeah, that. You know, I, so I just use a combination of pseudocrem and sanitary towels, and that really helps. Yeah. And then obviously um, for pooing as well, just make sure you like wipe really mm -hmm. well and wet wipe and pseudocrem as well because that that can really chafe badly. Um, yeah. Obviously, you don't leave wet wipes in the countryside and put them in a bag. Yeah. I carry a I carry yeah. a nappy bag. Or, yeah. or a dog poo bag and, yeah. and yeah. just put, put stuff in there should I, if I need to but that's really important because you know it's it just it builds up you mm. know and, and if you start getting the trots or anything like that um, yeah. it can get very very sore yeah um, so that's something I would recommend and then foot wise um, 
in order to sort of prevent blisters and trench foot because I mean I've done hundreds where my feet have been just wet for 36 hours yeah and you can get really bad trench foot if, if you're not careful so yeah for the event I plaster my feet in pseudocreme okay. and I and I put then I have a plastic an A4 size plastic bag and I put loads of medicated talc in it so I put my pseudocremed foot into the plastic bag so it, yeah. it, it all gets covered in talc as well okay. um, so you've got a kind of waterproofing from the pseudocreme and the lubrication from the oh. talc um, yeah. with a nice new comfy pair of cushion knee socks um, mm. and my shoes and that and that and that's it I just don't get any foot problems wow so, yeah that's amazing so I would I would recommend that approach and you could always redo that you know at the breakfast stop or mm -hmm. at some other you know point down the line I generally don't I just go all the way through but yeah um you could you could redo it I have redone it before in, in yeah the past and that and that helps as well particularly if it's been very very wet yeah. yeah would you ever take like like have a drop bag with a change of socks and new shoes or anything like that on, on um you like can that? In, well on the ldwa hundreds you can have a drop bag at the breakfast stop and the breakfast stop is always at somewhere around 55 60 miles something yeah, like perfect. that so yeah um and you can obviously put in there what you like um i've never i've never done new shoes or anything um but i have done um new socks and obviously re and talks to my feet at the same time and and I, you know you can have nice little goodies in there I'm, I'm a big fan of chocolate milk <laughs> yeah um, I can I can kind of uh, I think there was what well, there was one um, hundred I did and I actually drank 11 bottles of chocolate milk <laughs> <laughs> wow is that 11 pints then <laughs> so, but it milks really really good because it's a really good combination of carbohydrate mm. and protein and it settles your stomach yeah um and all that because stomach issues are quite a big thing and yeah. that's why i'm saying you've got to get your eating and drinking right to be yeah. successful and, and you know because if you start the slippery slope if you if you start feeling nauseous and then you don't eat mm. you'll be even more nauseous you'll have no energy and it's the slippery slope to not completing it yeah so and just being sick and feeling really bad um, so you've got to get your eating and drinking right and I, I find chocolate milk really really helpful and um, you know that, that I think there was one another hundred I did the last 30 miles I just I just drank milk yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know and it was fine and I yeah was, um, and you know talking about that you will have low spots yeah the, the low the lows can be very very low and um, I always have a really bad low spot usually kind of in the early hours of the, of the night sort of yeah. around two three in the morning mm -hmm. I think generally your body's a bit low then anyway or you know mm -hmm. your body temperature is very low and I, I always find it really difficult um, to kind of get through that but but you I think the important thing to know is that it will end yeah um, and you, you just got to kind of try and manage it as best you can yeah just and, keep and, going just, yeah, just just you just keep going no and, point thinking about it just dark, keep going you know you can maybe sit in the check a uh, checkpoint a little bit longer you can even lie down for half an hour mm. um and it, it doesn't matter you know um so you can lie you can lie down and and get yourself better and then off you go again and you're fine and then as soon as the sun comes up or as soon as the yeah. next morning comes suddenly life is much rosier and yeah you can, and you know, on the Trans Pennine hundred, I had a terrible first night. I was like going at about two miles an hour. It was terrible. And but then, as soon as it got light, the, the morning, I had I had my breakfast. I ate full breakfast, you know, cereal and and um, bacon and egg. Lovely. 
eggs and all sorts, you know, like an English breakfast. <laughs> and I went off and my pace picked up massively, you know, yeah. and I was able to uh, carry on faster than I was before. So, you know, you, you just got to know that the low patch will end. Yeah. And, uh, and and then you'll be you'll be all right again. You know, don't give up just because you don't feel bad. You, you don't feel well. Yeah. You, you will be okay. Yeah. It's just getting to it. Yeah. That's um, really good advice. What else have I got? Um, yeah, and um, having having sort of supporters and things is, is quite nice. And we on the LDW hundreds we have trackers, and um, I really I really like the trackers uh, because it's very motivational knowing that people are watching you and you've yeah. got friends and family and people supporting you yeah. and they're, they're kind of willing you on. And um, I found that very motivational. And the other sort of motivation, if you know, if you if you do any fundraising or anything like that, that's also very motivational because you got you actually have to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if you're fun, I mean, most most people don't do it um, as a fundraiser; they just do it for fun. Um, but uh, I have and I have occasionally done fundraising in the past. Um, yes, on, the on picture hundreds, on the that's, thumbnail. That's quite, is of you that's wearing right, yeah, a purple so tutu it. because you're that's raising money for Vaughan, your husband Vaughan's that's condition, right. um, gravi gravis, which is the right. muscle weakness and double vision, which sounds utterly rubbish. Um, but that's for MyAware charity, is that that's right? That's right. Yeah. Yes, yes. and they're, they're, it's all purple. So, you know, uh -huh. I, I originally had a purple vest and I've got a cap with ah. MyAware written on it and I, and I have my purple tutu. I mean, that that's nothing... My way, don't give me the purple tutu. That's that's actually my that's, daughter's. Yeah. <laughs> don't you mean your granddaughters? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, but it's but it's but it, hundreds do weird things to you. So it's like in that photograph, I'm wearing full waterproofs because the the night time was awful. It, that was on the Hadrian Hundred, and we went across Crossfell, highest point on the Pennine Way, and it was really windy, really rainy. And it was just awful. Um, and but I just never took my waterproofs off because I think your your body temperature does weird things. And even yeah. though it was sunny and warm on the next day, I was never warm enough to actually yeah, take. Yeah, you're like cold to um, the bone. So you, well, yes, and and you, also you don't really think about it. You don't think, oh well, you know, I might be a bit hot, but you actually don't think that you could you could take them off because you're just not <laughs> in that mind. You're just completely tunnel visioned to, yeah. <laughs> towards the end and marching on so I did look a bit weird with these waterproofs and a purple suit <laughs> it, it was tucked in for a while but I kind of had this huge midriff <laughs> oh it looks great <laughs> so, um, I thought I'd, so actually that photograph was taken by four near the end of the event and I and I think I probably said to him well just let me get the tutu out you know <laughs> quick <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Oh, bless yeah. him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, there we are. I mean, Vaughan's done a few hundreds as well, but not wow. as me. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Especially he, with he, that did, condition. he did the he did the fifty one mile event on Saturday as well. Wow, we did it together. Yeah, yeah. So, that's amazing. Yeah, it is really. Yeah, uh, that's really good. Yeah, so so motivate. You know, having being motivated is quite important, and obviously yeah. you see people along the way, and you can chat to people and. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and at the check, bless you. Um, at the checkpoints, all the marshals and everything are always really friendly and encouraging and supportive. And um, you know, generally, like on the LDWA hundreds, that you you can't stay at a checkpoint for more than two hours. Otherwise, yeah. you get 
you get retired. Okay. Um, but, you can, but you can, you know, you can stay there for as long as you like up to that point, provided, you know, you're going to meet the cutoffs for later checkpoints. But um, yeah, everybody, everybody wants you to do it. So we're all, on, we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah, yeah, they do sound like fantastic events. I'd really love to do yeah. one, especially with all this eating going yes, on. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yes, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and yeah. you know, as, a, as a runner walker, you can pretty much eat what you like, so yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's just a nice day out. Is it like a pub crawl, but a yes. little bit longer with less yes, beer? Yes, well, so there are, there are some, some checkpoints do have beer as well. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. Well, I've got some quick fire questions for you to end with that are just Crikey. silly bits and bobs. It's been a fantastic amount of advice there and I think it's it's really good um, to hear it and I just need to hear these things over and over again, especially the one where it doesn't always get worse, that kind of advice, there will be a low point. I really need to uh, suck it up and just like keep going, pushing through. So yeah, you've very much inspired me now for my next race. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Carlsberg, it will end. Oh God, yeah. I would yeah. rather do an ultra any day. I'd rather do the worst, I'd rather do my Bob Graham round again, which was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Um, I'd rather do that than give birth again, because that was the most pain I've ever been in in my entire life. Yeah, anyway, we don't want this to last another right? half hour. See, all these things end, so <laughs> yeah. End. yeah. Yeah, I know, but I didn't really choose yeah. labour. Like if I could have made Steve do it, I would have. But you choose to do these ultras, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> so, well, yeah. A bit there's a rosy glow about them though because you do one and you think never again yeah like you have a child you think never again and then you get a rosy glow about you you think oh, well maybe I reckon no. I could do it again <laughs> no more children <laughs> <laughs> but yes more ultras yes <laughs> yeah definitely I just love the idea of how you live your life which is like going and doing loads of hiking and running all the time like I just can't wait to retire <laughs> it sounds brilliant I mean I did it as a job as well so oh, yeah I kind of had a dream job as well. Um, yeah, uh, well, I thought so. this would be the dream job, but actually there's a lot of sitting in front of the computer, so I just need to do it quicker yes. and then get out the door. <laughs> um, but anyway, we've got some quick fire questions. Um, flapjack or gels? I know the answer to this. You flapjack, basically obviously. This. <laughs> yeah. Um, after a race, beer or wine? Beer. Uh, beer, beer and a packet of crisps, perfect. Oh, yes. Rehydration and salt. Yeah, and a bit of chocolate milk after. <laughs> oh, chocolate milk, yeah. Chocolate milk's for during. <laughs> yeah. Um, a Kindle or a real book? I don't have a Kindle, so it'd have to be a real book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're such dinosaurs, aren't we? I haven't got a Kindle yeah. either. <laughs> um, music on your run, like with headphones, or birdsong? Birdsong, I don't have any headphones. And I would never advocate using them anyway because of the danger of being run over or just not seeing or hearing, well, not seeing or not hearing oh. things. And yeah, I want to yeah. be immersed. I want to be immersed into nature and I want to have a conversation with my fellow participants. Yeah, if there are any around. I was at the if back in my last <laughs> I've got these though. They hook over your ears like this and they don't go inside your ears so you they're can right. hear everything and the music or the or the podcast oh, podcast cool. i've never seen those i mean yeah. i also i also have a problem because my ear canals are quite small and um ear, ear bud things they just fall out i yeah. can't keep them Me in too. Any, and, and if you're sweating they fall out too that's so. why i've been doing this every time i smile yeah. it squishes them out yeah. so yeah that's why these are so good oh I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen what are those pink things they're called bone phones well i call them oh. bone phones they're bone conduction headphones so they send 
send the signal down um, straight to the, the cochlea, I think, yeah. rather yeah. than inside the hole first. So they put a yeah. vibration through, so uh, vi vi vibrations. Um, yeah, I'll try to remember to bring them to the event and you can have a go if mm. you've got time. <laughs> but yeah, they're really, really good. Mm. Yeah, I'll send you my review of them. I'll, yes. put, I'll put a link to that review up here and in the podcast show notes as well if anybody else is interested in them. But it just means that they're the only headphones that you're actually allowed to use on some races because of the dangers, you know, of, yeah. of listening yeah. to marshals and safety instructions and traffic. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate that. And I mean, I've never... I've never really run with music, so yeah. I'm just not used to it. Yeah. yeah, I don't run with music much. I run with podcasts, you know, like if you're mm -hmm. getting a bit down or bored, then it just makes the time go quicker and it makes you smile yeah. some comedy podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, probably, it's probably a good idea. I mean, I think on a... Hundred, I, I could understand why it would be really good on the second day, especially. Yeah, yeah, you know, in I, that one o'clock in the my morning. My aim is always not to go into the second night. Yeah. Um, that you know, but I, I have done. I've done hundreds. My fastest was twenty-six hours, and my slowest wow. was forty-six hours. So I've oh, kind wow. of, I've done. I've run the whole gamut, as it were. Yeah. Um, been there and done that. You know, yeah. fast and slow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, twenty six hours is brilliant. It's like elite level. Well, um, that was in the um, that was in the Northumberland one, so it was right up in, in the Cheviot Hills oh, and everything. It was wow. a lot of a lot of ascent. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Um, so we've got waylaid there from the quick fire Sorry. questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, classical art or modern art? Probably neither, to be honest. I'm not really into art. No? There's a nice picture of an owl behind you there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's, yeah. Um, probably classical then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, camping or holiday cottage? Oh, camping, definitely. Wonderful. Uh, seaside run or mountain run? Um, both. I like both. You know, because they're just both different. I like yeah. everything. Mountains yeah. at the seaside. Yeah, and... that would be good. I mean, I did the um, I did the Lacamare uh, fifty miler back in October, and we had quite a lot a long section along a beach on that. But I actually really enjoyed it. You know, so people said it was boring, but I didn't think it was boring. It was really, yeah. it was really good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So both then you, you um, so you must like the Isle of Man, um, Manx Mountain Marathon because there's that end bit where it's mountains and the sea. Yes. Right next yeah, to yeah, that's That's, that's really bit. hard because you're going from the cliffs down to sea level and then yeah. onto the and cliffs. Yeah, one bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, uh, yeah. So I, I remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the final question: um, Would you like a race T-shirt or to plant a tree? Tea uh, or tree? Plant a tree. Wonderful! You answered yeah, all I've, the I've questions correctly. T-shirts that I never wear in <laughs> Do you know what? You should make a race bean bag. My mum's yeah. made me this race bean bag. Oh, let me show you here with um, all my race yeah, T-shirts in. Cool. So you could get her to make you one of these. That's cool. Yeah, I see it. Got all the, it's, yeah, it's a beanbag. So you could get a blanket made. It doesn't have to be yeah, a beanbag. Yeah, yeah. Great idea. Yeah. It's a bit lurid, the colours, but, you know, it does it something matter, with them. Does it? Yeah, yeah and it means that they're out. Yeah, and you can, can see, see them, them all. Yeah. Stuffed in a drawer. Yeah. 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 People do, like, they, they're people that do it professionally, make things into things like that. So, yeah. 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 Be a good thing to do. Yeah. 
Awesome. Oh, well, thank you very much, um, Anne slash Mrs. Yes. Wade. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really wonderful to catch up. And I think there's been some really brilliant advice for anybody, um, anybody of any age, really. I pitched it as a sort of like, a oh, she's in her early 60s and still running 100 miles. But I think actually it's just great advice for anybody of any age. Um, so I just want to say a big thank you for spending so much time with us here today um it's been absolutely great to chat with you and um we shall let you go and pick up the grandkids yeah (laughs) thank you very much cool i'll see you everyone bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.